0: this morning as we um, also, just like a think and uh, um, listen to all the praises that was shared this morning, Father God, our hearts are just jumping in joy uh, as we listen to what Miss Lisa said about this son and what happened to him. Father, it is nothing but your sheer grace and mercy that helps us to overcome what happened last week, Father God, and the prayer are uh, the righteous, are they not much, says the word, Father God, same way, Father, the last week that you just like a main thing happened live as we were in this life, we are so thankful. God, we assemble this morning into your mighty hands, God, you take the glory and honor in Jesus' name I say, Father, for your glory. Amen. If you have your Bible, let's go over to Matthew chapter 6. Um, I just would like to read the the smaller portion that comes about the Lord's Prayer first and then we will go into the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to read from verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, who is in the secret place. The thing is that when we pray to the Father in heaven, He's actually in, in that secret place, that He gives us access to Him where He can hear our voice clearly with clarity. And then it says, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly And when you pray, so the Bible doesn't say if you pray. It's already given, when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathens do. For they think that they will be heard from their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him, in this manner, therefore, pray. And this is how the Lord's Prayer started. And as we have seen, I just wanted to do a very quick recap. There are two places in the Bible that it's talking about the Lord's Prayer. The first one is in Matthew chapter 6, and the second one is in Luke chapter 11. Um, give me one second, I'm going to put this slide in a mute. The
1: conference has been muted.
0: So, the thing that uh, we see, probably Jesus got this prayer several times, and probably we have a recording just the two times in the Bible. Matthew chapter 6 gives uh, a view into this prayer from the sermon from the bound perspective. And he was speaking this this gigantic message uh, on, the, on, the, on the mountain. Um, he, he even introduced this Lord's Prayer. And then later in Luke chapter 11 when the disciples saw what Jesus was doing and the disciples continuously kept seeing Jesus to go out and just like a pray. They saw him like a separate himself in the morning to speak to the Father. They saw him, like a, you know, pray over before he left the food that was multiplied. They saw him pray over before he opened the eyes of the blind. They saw him pray constantly, and so they come to Jesus and say, "Jesus, teach us how to pray." Right? They're forgetting the fact that Jesus already taught them, but Jesus is as patient as ever before he just like uh, sits down and talks to them but the 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 difference that uh, we see between the matthew 6 and the Ma- uh, luke 11 is that the matthew 6 has got a little bit more than luke 11 so that's why we are going to concentrate on just like a you know meditating on matthew chapter 6 and uh, here we see how god is saying in this manner therefore Pray. That means, like, this is just a template, but I'm just going to give you, you know, how you can pray. Because the thing is that the Lord knows that our needs are going to vary. The Lord knows the intensity of what we go from day to day will vary. But then, if we can keep the roadmap, keep the blueprint and go to God in prayer, then there is, there is a and, and uh, uh, not only just a, a recognition, but also God just says, that, like when you reach my Father, this is exactly how I reach the Father. This is exactly how I talk to Father. So when when we start to go to the Father in our prayers, that we probably can modify. We can God is saying, like uh, you can modify this prayer. Uh, modified to what you're actually going through, you don't really need to repeat these vain words, but the use this, you know, when you go to Father in prayer. And the, uh, the couple things that we saw, the, the Lord's Prayer is actually broken into three parts. Right, The first one is the worship and adoration when we come before the Lord in prayer. A lot of times, you know, when we go to God in prayer, sometimes we go to God in desperation. We go to God and say, God, I just need this now. But the thing is that there are like moments like that God is not expecting us to follow a formula or a template. Right? God knows what goes on in our heart and God knows the, 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 the situation. And so don't don't think that like a, when you are in the middle of like a, a desperate situation and you are crying out to God, you have to remember all this formula and like, a, you know, what we are talking about. You know, God will listen to, to your heart and God will listen to my heart. But there are times that we are not in this like an emergency, desperation mode. And still, when when we go to God in prayer every single day, God is saying, come to Father with an adoration. You're speaking to a Father who is in heaven. When you speak to a Father who is in heaven, you're actually moving into a place where you're going to be surrounded by the angels. You're going to be surrounded by the elders. You're going to be surrounded by the saints that are just like a worshiping God. Holy, 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 holy. So, when you go to that place in, in heaven, we need to have that same kind of an adoration before we go uh, into his presence. And think about it this way. Tomorrow, or you know, someday in the future, you and I are, get a chance to go and stand in front of the Queen of England, right, or, or the President of the United States, or the Prime Minister of India, Here's the thing, when we go before them, you're not going to just like a, you know, walk in there and act like how we would act at home. But instead we would have reverence to the office. We would have reverence to the person that we are talking to. In the same way, when we go to God, and when we are entering into the throne room, when we are in heaven with Him, we need to have that holy reverence, these days, you know, we do see like a, a lot of times like, a, you know, that we, 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 when we go to God in prayer, you know, we like just like a, talking to God like, a, you know, He's like a friend. He is a friend. But when we talk to Him in prayer, when we talk to Him with petition, we, 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 are, we are reaching out to a Father who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is magnificent. And he is above all, and he owns all, and he created all. So we need to have this honor to the majesty and the magnificence of this Father. And then it just says, like, hallowed be thy name. Uh, In in so many ways, like, uh, you know, uh, when we read about this, uh, hallowed be thy name, um, it's about the holiness of his name. We are praying and telling God, may your name be kept holy. At that point, you know, it is not our righteousness, it is his righteousness. It is not our name, it is his name that is on the line. And then we saw, like, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Uh, those, all those three, uh, you know, petitions are so vital. Why? Because we are asking for a holy past that time. We are asking for his kingdom to come. Why? Because right now, you know, we are living in an environment where the enemy has access to many of the things that we hold. But when we get to his kingdom, he is the complete authority over everything that we are going to breathe. And in his kingdom there is not going to be any tears. In his kingdom there is not going to be any death or sorrow. In his kingdom we're just going to have such a freedom that we are today can controlled in, in some form or fashion by this enemy. And then we went on to see, give us this day our daily bread. This is uh, even later in the uh, last week, you know, I did talk about this part there. Give us this day our daily bread, right? We are asking God, like, give us today, right now. I have a massive need, God, both spiritually, you know, and, and, and physically. And sometimes my need is so urgent because it won't be good enough for me for you to send the, the egg and the ingredients like salt and sugar and butter for me to go and make the bread because I don't have that much of time, Father. Give us this day our daily bread. And today we go into the second petition. Forgive us. Our sins as we forgive those who sin, sin against us the thing about this part of the petition is this in some uh, translations uh, it says forgive us our debts in some of the translations it says forgive us our trespasses but when we read the Luke chapter 11 it is very clear God is talking about no trespasses or death. He's talking about sins. The, the thing is that, you know, John chapter 3, verses 23, it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have to open up ourselves for God to forgive us. Uh, when we open our hearts before Him, when we, when we give God the chance to come into our hearts to clean what needed to be cleaned here's what god does he is faithful to to help clean all the areas of our life there is one one part of the um you know word where we see like a martyr uh, uh, you know asking god god if only you were here My brother Lazarus wouldn't have been dead. And here's the thing: right after that part, God says, "Give us," you know. They they just like to open up and just like that. Look at what God is doing in this part of of that verse. He's saying to Martha. You know, when, when when you want me to do a miracle for you, open that, open that stone, open that stone so I can actually do the miracle. And Mark says, God, if I open, it will stink. And here's the thing, sometimes, you know, it will definitely stink when you open But God is saying, unless you open up the areas of your life that I can work with, I won't be able to clean everything. So this morning, as we go into meditating on this part of the verse, if there are areas in your life that you feel like you haven't still gotten the deliverance, God of this universe is reminding you and me to open our hearts, so he can minister. He can do the uh, open-heart surgery. Uh, The thing is this, like when, when we deliberately disobey God's law or willingly or knowingly or intentionally step out of the line, God is saying, you know, you need to come back to the fold. And and then you think of like God, did I do anything wrong, you know? The first place that I would go to is is the Ten Commandments. I would go to all the the commandments that God has spoken to us. In in how we need to keep His name above all names. And how He's talking about His name above all names. He's uh, talking about how we have to respect, you know, our, our fathers and mothers. Each and every one of those ten commandments are critical. But there are times that we do things that that, that we are not supposed to do. Right, and, and and there are certain times, you know, there are things that we are, God is asking us to do we look the other way around. When when one of those men were brought uh, through the roof and Jesus looked at him, he could have said, you're, you're made well, go in peace. But instead God says, your sins are forgiven. Sometimes, you know, the authority to forgive the sins that Jesus has. is like, you know, beyond any words can explain. But today morning, God is reminding us that I have authority to forgive every one of the sins that you may be going through. Hold on a second. When we look at the forgiveness, there are three categories of forgiveness that uh, you know um, we come across in the word. The first one is a total forgiveness. This is when we give our life to Christ, right? When we repent of our sins, the past, present, and future, the the God of this universe forgives us completely. That's what Ephesians chapter two verses eight and nine says. For by grace, you have been saved through faith, and not of for yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. When we go to God as a, as a child of God, as, as we give our life to Him, we are justified. We don't need to carry that anymore in our lives. We, we are saved and, and we have access to heaven at that point. And there is a huge debate in the Christian community. Are you saved once and, uh, and once saved, you're saved for good? The, the words in the, in the Bible are very clear. If you have given your life to Christ, you're saved. And there is no question about it. But here's the thing. The second part of the forgiveness is is what Jesus is saying when he talks about the, the the forgiveness. Forgive us our sins. It's talking about a fellowship forgiveness. The fellowship that we have with God requires us to stay in line with Him. And and when Jesus says, um, you know, forgive us our sins, should be part of your daily routine. This should not be con, you know, confused with the total forgiveness that we get when we gave our life to Christ. Because day-to-day life, we also fall and, and sin or do things that's not pleasing to God. That's why in 1 John nine 1 it says, yeah. if we forgive our sins, right? if, 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 if we go to God in prayer and ask him, to forgive us. He is faithful to forgive us all. And that should be a prayer for every day. And that's why God introducing this fellowship forgiveness as part of the Lord's prayer. And here's the thing. Right? When we do certain things wrong, uh, it, it just like it removes us from the fellowship with our Father. And every day, we have to wash ourselves with the with the Hesop. every day the blood of Jesus is needed in our life. Every day our relationship can be tampered with, and so this morning, as we go into learning more about this fellowship prayer, remember this: God of this universe, right, wants to have a fellowship with you and me. He wants to have the relationship with the, you and me. But sometimes when we do wrong things, what happens is that our fellowship with our Father gets soured. It gets hindered. And that's why we need to wash daily with the Hesop. And that's what God is saying. Uh, uh, Jesus is saying here. There is a moment in time that Peter, um, you know, on the last day, um, you know, uh, before Jesus went uh, to the cross at the Last Supper. Jesus is just like, you know, um, going around washing the feet of everyone. And Peter was the only one who refuses to allow his feet to be washed. And Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have a pot with me. Right? And then later in that same verse, then Peter turns around and says, like, a, oh, God, no, 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 no. Then go ahead and, and give me a complete bath, right? And God says, um, you know, from head to toe, you know, completely wash me. And Jesus says, like, a, you know, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet. And this is the difference. Taking a bath is like a giving a life to Christ, We've already given our life to Christ. And then, like, in those days, what happens is that, uh, you know, if they have to take a bath, they never had, like, a bathroom with, like, a hot water and cold water coming. And instead, they have to go outside the house to take a bath. But then, when they finish taking a bath, they have to still come through the the certain areas, the path the before they enter into the house where their the feet can get dirty and then they need to still just wash their feet. And that's what God is talking about when he's talking about the fellowship forgiveness. You and I have already taken a bath. We don't need to, you know, question our salvation. But then when we step on things on our day-to-day life. We just need to get our feet washed. And that's what Jesus says, forgive us our sins. And here's the thing, the third part of forgiveness or the third category of forgiveness is actually a prerequisite forgiveness or a, a, a family forgiveness. What do you mean by that? Phil? Right. The, the thing is that here, he did not just say, forgive us our sins. But there is an additional sentence that got added. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And this part is a prerequisite. The second part is a prerequisite to the first one. As we forgive those who sin against us. And as we talked about last week, growing up in a Catholic family, you know, we were always doing this rosary every night, right? And we have to say the Lord's Prayer, um, and, and, you know, after every time we say the Lord's Prayer, uh, we have to say, like, uh, ten times uh, the Hail Mary and the Holy Mary, right? And, And the whole time when we pray, like, we are always looking for our cue to pray the next one. Always we are looking for the words to be said right. Or always we are keeping account of how many times we did this. It was a mere repetition. But one thing, when I gave my life to Christ and started to read the Lord's Prayer, in fact, this part of the Lord's Prayer, I was really convicted and scared of praying. Why? Because. It says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's almost like, you know, uh, God has given you a blank check to forgive everything, and we are going back to God and saying, like, God, I don't need the blank check, uh, you know, just to forgive me as much as I forgive this other person, as much as I can, you know, reconcile with this other person, just to do just that part, you know. Uh, and and that's why I was really scared uh, to pray the Lord's prayer because if I haven't forgiven my brother or my sister, then God has every right to keep me in the same place. Right? But here's the thing: God, God wants to make us whole, and God wants to to give us this assurance. That, you know, you and I have an ability to just like be freed completely. In fact, this is the only part of the message where Jesus has to go back and say this one more time. He says in the verse 14, For if you forgive men their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you if you do not forgive men their sins neither will your father forgive your sins so here's the thing there is no work around about forgiving the someone has done wrong to us we we just have to be freed and and we going to dive a little bit deeper into this one there is a study done by Varna group it reveals almost one in four practicing Christians, in fact, even gives a percentage, 23% of Christians has someone in their life that they cannot forgive. Isn't that amazing? We who just, like, you know, come, like, when we are in the middle of, like, a church, if we are in the middle of a Bible study, we just, like, tend to act like everything is together. But in our heart, not all of those people that we have, just like i done wrong to us, we are able to forgive. It's almost like, a, you know, we seem to be the ones who are taking a really long time to forgive somebody. Um, uh, how do you know if you have forgiven somebody, right? Because a lot of times we, we just wanted to uh, put this under, a rug and say, I'm done, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, the Bible says I have to forgive this person, so uh, God, I forgive them, but how do you really know if you have forgiven that person, right? The first, uh, I'm going to give you four tasks um, that you can do to yourself, and if you're taking notes, you know, these are, like, a really critical. Um How do you know the number one um, test that you can do to yourself is this? When you speak of the offense, when you speak of the things that someone has done wrong to you, do you refer to them as a point of reference or a point of pain? What do I mean by that? When... When somebody does something wrong, we we kind of like a, make a big portrait of that thing and put it in the middle of our house, even though we are saying like, "Oh, I've uh, you know forgiven that person." But every time you think about that incident, you think about what just happened. Are you actually referencing? something that happened in the past or that thing when you're saying to somebody you're actually reliving that pain if you're reliving that pain if uh, uh, even though by by lips you may be saying that you are forgiven if you are are just the, the thing is just like a, a hurting you know, and you're just like in pain when you even remember about that incident, then you haven't forgiven that person. I'm not saying that it is easy to forgive everybody that has wronged us. It is a process. God has to be in it for us to forgive that person. I actually heard about this song uh, that Matthew West has sung called Forgiveness. And the root of that song that he he did um, was actually from a story that he heard about a woman named Renee Napier. What happened was Renee had a daughter named Megan, Megan, and Megan was 20 years old, and they were living in Florida, and uh, as uh, Uh, One day in the night, both Megan and, uh, you know, her good friend Lisa were coming home. They were run over by a a driver uh, who was drunk, right? The man who ran that truck, his name is Eric. And the thing is this, it is really easy for us to preach on forgiveness, but it's hard to go through when someone wrongs us, especially as deep as this. How can a mom accept a 20-year-old lovable girl like a Megan when run over by someone and and get killed for no fault of hers? And so, This mom is really angry at this guy. And uh, the thing is, the the guy gets uh, sentenced. Uh, He goes into court, and uh, he's like really, um, you know, quiet the whole time. And this mom, every time she was seeing this guy, she was reliving that situation that happened. And she was so angry at this guy. In fact, when finally they gave a sentence of 22 years, she was screaming at that point because she was saying it it was such a low uh, sentencing for him. He did not even ask for forgiveness. He didn't ask for sorry. And she was just like, you know, on that day, she was screaming on the day of sentencing thinking that, like, you know, finally, even though it is not enough, I know he got, like, what he deserved, right? But when she came home, this is what happens when we start to relive the pain. There is always a hole that is left in our heart. There is always this this thing that is not going to leave our heart. And so, when she came home after like a couple of days, she started to feel the same pain again. She started to feel the same hole again in her heart. And she didn't know what to do. She was fighting. And then finally, something just like a forced her in her mind to go back to see this man named Eric. For the first time... She just like uh, you know took away the facade and just like uh, did not relive that situation when she went in for the first time. When she saw the boy, she saw not the one who killed her daughter, but instead he saw someone who's twenty years old, as old as his as her daughter, and he's got twenty-two years of prison sentence. And for the first time, what she saw in Eric was that Eric was supposed to join college for his graduate program. But the night before, they had some alcohol in the party that he was on. And and, and the thing is that it was like a mistake that he made. She wasn't justifying the mistake. But she saw that, oh, my God, he's just a young boy. Just like my daughter. How can I let this boy take it? For the first time, what was something that she was reliving? She was just taking it as a point of reference. And then she started to like this boy. She went back again to prison. When this incident happened in 2002, right, in Florida, the judge, when he sentenced him 22 years, he knew. Sometimes, like, you know, the the amount of punishment that the judges give are just, like, a beyond, like, a, you know, a certain degree. Uh, they go, like, too far. But this judge felt like 22 years was deserving for this boy, right? But now, Renee, after she saw Eric, she could not take it anymore. She goes back and appeals to the court and reduces the sentence from 22 years to 11 years. And in um, 2012, Eric gets released from the prison, and now both Rene and Eric are serving together. And here's the story that I'm just like bringing this up. I know sometimes it's really hard for us to forget and move on. But God is reminding us today that his nail-pierced hands can touch your heart and, and heal your heart, so you don't need to relive what has happened to you. And the second thing is this. Sometimes we say, God, I'm okay. Uh, I I, I have forgiven him. But God, the Bible says that, uh, you know, the vengeance is mine. God, go after this guy. Take your vengeance on him, you know. The thing is this, right? You, You really haven't forgiven that person because you want that person to be hurt. In fact... This is how it's going to come out. The next time you hear that person, that you say that you're forgiven, and if they run into an issue, they fall apart. And when they fall apart, there is something in your heart actually smiles because he's hurt. If that happens, then truly you haven't forgiven that person. The third test is this when, when, you have, you know, when you say that you have forgiven someone and you say, I let it go, really, sometimes what we do is like we, we push that under the rug. We haven't really absolutely let that situation go. And uh, you did that because you want to avoid a conflict or you want to bury the pain. Really, just like what Martha was struggling when Jesus said, open that, roll the stones. She was struggling with it. And so, you know, even now, you know, sometimes when God says, like, you know, you're not completely healed, let me put my hands in, you're just like saying, God, it stinks. Yeah, sometimes, you know, when, when we are dealing with God, there are things that we may have done for that thing to, you know, for them to hurt you, right? That, that you are probably are going to say, God, now I'm going to start to feel the guilt, not just the ones that they did to me. Now I am going to go through the same thing. So God says, like, you know, uh, you cannot push this under the rug. You just need to get this out of your system. And, and and the and the thing is this, you know hiding this unforgiveness behind denial that only prolongs your pain and and only the, it becomes a stunter, um you know that just like it keeps you from healing completely so if you have just like a feeling like a, you know you put something you buried something somewhere, you know God is reminding you today. You just like to, you know, take everything completely as a package before God. The fourth test is this: when you can fully accept that God loves the offender just as much as He loves you. There is the only the there is the own difference the only difference. Between the one that is saved and unsaved is His grace. Both of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The thing is this, this morning, if you're praying for somebody that hurts you, then you are completely healed. But if you're not able to pray for that person, for the wellness of that person, who has hurt you, then you still have some undone business, but you need to take it to God in prayer. About the, the, I really like the song, as I was saying, the Matthew West song, uh, and it, it just like it gives a completely the, uh, the honest conversation that he has in the song, and you get a chance, uh, I encourage you to go read that song. It is the hardest thing to give away, and the last thing on your mind today. It always goes to those who don't deserve. It is the opposite of how you feel when the pain, when the pain they cause is just too real. It makes everything you have to say the word forgiveness. The second stance of this song, it says, It flies in the face of all your pride. It moves away the mad inside. It always angers one's own worst enemy. Even when the jury and the judges say, you got a right to hold a grudge, it's the whisper in your ear saying, Set it free. Forgive them. and in in some for, uh, you know, uh, form or fashion, he actually moves from this this situation, and he is begging God to say, "Show me, God, how to love the unlovable. Show me, God, how to reach this unreachable person. Help me now to do the impossible to forgive this person." And, and he is asking for the clearance of the bitterness. And the only reason why he was saying that is because the prisoners that needed to get freed is just you and me. If we are not able to forgive someone, so I talked about three references to forgiveness today. The first one is a total and a complete forgiveness that we receive when we give our life to Christ. The second forgiveness is the fellowship forgiveness. That is, our fellowship with God gets hindered when we do certain things. And the third one is a prerequisite forgiveness. Here, it requires us to forgive the person who has hurt us first before we go to God in prayer for our forgiveness. God needs to heal and, and bring a closure to this whole situation for you and me. Earlier, last week, you know, this is what happened. A good friend of mine, he just went on to thrash me on a uh, LinkedIn conversation. For something that I did 25 years ago, right? my immediate reaction, you know, would have been to go back and do, uh, a, a, and make it defensive, right, uh, but instead, you know, for the first time, I was moving away from being a point of, you know, reliving that situation to a point of reference. And so, um, you know, um, here's what happened, even though he went, like, really thrashy on his words in addressing that issue. I went back and I said, you know, I'm sorry for what I did 25 years ago. And, And, you know, something that I've already asked for forgiveness at that point, right? But he wasn't letting go. He was reliving him. But the thing, what happened was, this is what I'm praising God this morning for. And the thing is that God allows us to go through certain things in our life because, you know, there is a message that is out there. Somebody needs to hear this probably. But it was a total peace on my side for sure because I've already resolved that, you know, 25 years ago. But this guy was just reliving this. But I was asking him, you know, and getting, like, uh, things sorted out in his head. And at the end of this conversation, this was just a conversation that, uh, you know, at the end he said, like, oh, I'm so thankful that uh, we had this conversation. But here's the thing. He could have had this conversation or he could have even listened to this conversation 25 years ago because he was the prisoner for 25 years. He wasn't resolving something that he could have resolved 25 years. For 25 years, he carried this grudge in his heart that could have been resolved a long time ago. The same way, I'm saying all these things. Sometimes we are not on the right side of the wrong, but when we go to God in prayer, God is saying, I'm ready to resolve this. You don't need to carry this into the future and and we need to be gracious with people in fact you know when you get a chance you know i'm going to ask you to read matthew chapter 18 verses 21 to 35 it's talking about this one guy that goes before the king and asks for forgiveness for the debt that he owes there was a lot of money that he owes to the king and God, I mean the king, forgives him because he begs him. And later that day, he comes across another person who owes him a minuscule amount of money. But then he takes him down and he puts him in prison for that. And when the king hears about it, he was not only like revoking his grace but he also put this man to pay the complete debt. And the reason why I'm saying all these things is this. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us is such a vital part of this Lord's prayer. And the next time when you're praying this prayer, let, let it be a reminder for you and me that there is a prerequisite for our sin to be forgiven. If there is something that you have left undone, even before you go to God and ask for your forgiveness, forgive those who sin against us. Should be a good reminder. I just want to wrap up this week uh, message, uh, you know, with this The God of this universe is looking for you and me. To have a complete freedom in our life, he wants our prayer life to be a fellowship with him. He wants to have a journey with him, to have a, 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 like a how Adam enjoyed in the cool of the day that God comes and speaks to him the same way and we have this kind of a mindset when we go before God. And we would have this similar kind of conversation that we would have with God. I do not know what you're going through this morning. God of this universe is saying, let go. You don't need to carry that grudge. Run those four tests for yourself because those four tests are very vital. Are you able to refer to this as a point of reference are you live or you're realizing the pain every time you think about it is the the is the revenge on a person still very hot in your heart? then it is time for you to let go, or you're just like a pushing this under the rug because you don't want to deal with the conflict. God is saying, let it go. Or, afford the death, do you have a peace to pray for that person? Just as how God loves you, he loves that offender as well. This morning, as we go before the Lord in prayer, I'm asking both me and you you just get real and raw with the Father in heaven. Let's continue.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Cyril, for bringing this um, wonderful word uh, this morning. Thank you, for, thank you, Father, for extending your grace and merciful mirror before our face this morning to show us ourselves so that we are able to be real with ourselves as we profess with our hearts and minds that we want to be real with you. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to meet with you in the secret place because you see all in secret. Thank you for showing us how to pray. Thank you for knowing what we stand in need of even before we even speak or utter a word to you. As we reach out to you today, we extend our hands unto you on today. And thank you, Lord, for teaching us your prayer, showing us how to knowingly pray your prayer and for listening to our hearts as we unknowingly ask a holy ask. We thank you, Lord. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. We have to open up the areas of our lives to forgiveness on today's Saints. I thank you so much for this message this morning because this thing truly strikes home for me. Because God is showing me that and showing us that this is a heart thing. This isn't just a uh, an outward expression. This is a heart thing. Forgiveness is a heart thing. And we all could use a heart transfusion in some areas of our lives. It is time for us to stop talking one thing and being another way. It is time for us to walk the walk and talk the talk. And I thank you, Lord, for showing me myself on today and showing me the areas of my life that I need to extend more grace, that I need to extend more forgiveness in. Thank you, Lord, for showing us the different categories of forgiveness, total forgiveness. I thank you, Lord, for in the very beginning when I prayed the sinner's prayer that by grace I was saved and not by my works, that I was justified and I was forgiven and have total access to you through total forgiveness, through accepting you as my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for giving us fellowship, forgiveness, for teaching us about fellowship, forgiveness, and what that means. Forgive us our sins, Father. When we go before you in the holy place, in our most secret place, we're asking for you to forgive us of our sins, In order for us to truly be aligned with who you are, we have to be forgiven. We have to forgive. Otherwise, there is a misalignment there. There is no unity there. Thank you, Father, for showing us and teaching us about family forgiveness as we forgive those who sin against us. This is just as important as the one before. We cannot pray for God to forgive us if we don't also pray for ourselves to forgive those who sin against us. There's no there's not one without the other. If you have been praying this way saints, you ought to go back and confess with your mouth and repent for that. If we don't forgive God has every right to not forgive us. And then we wonder why we keep going in this perpetual cycle over and over again. Are you asking God to show you how to forgive those who have sinned against you as you also ask him to forgive you of your sins? Or are you just asking him daily, God, forgive me, forgive me? This isn't just a me thing. This is a we. Forgiveness. But this is not a God's plan. God doesn't want us, he doesn't want us to, to not make it. He wants to forgive us, but on the condition that we forgive, he wants us all to be free. Not just one person, all of us, to truly be free. He wants us to make it back to him, and we cannot do that with unforgiveness in our heart. And I know that I've always asked myself, you know, this situation, this thing still sings. You know, I know that I'm praying and I'm asking God to forgive me. I'm asking him to forgive the person. You know, but it seems like when I'm in the company of certain people, when this thing comes back up, I join in the conversation. I revisit this thing. And sometimes I leave that conversation and I'm asking myself, Are you, have you really forgiven that person? Or I'm feeling guilty because I even joined in the conversation when I said that I wouldn't do that again, that I'm going to leave that thing alone. So thank you, Pastor Cyril, for allowing us the tools to do our self-check. How do you know if you've really forgiven someone? Because we can say whatever it is that we said can say out of our mouths. But again, I started with saying this is a heart thing. What are you truly harboring in your heart? Do you speak of the offense? Again, I find myself, depending on who I'm on the phone with, who I'm in the circle with, if it comes up, I join in the conversation, speak of that offense. Now I can ask myself, why am I speaking about this? Why am I joining this thing? Why am I revisiting this thing? Is it painful for me? Or if I'm just referencing something from the past because it keeps coming up. I just keep finding myself reliving the pain of the thing, of the words, of the time, of the situation, of the environment over and over again. Now I realize there is still remnants of unforgiveness in my heart. Saints, we want our heart, our mouth, and our actions to be aligned with the Father. It is imperative that we go before the Lord. With our grit and our dirt, these are the things that we're still holding on to, the things that still hurt us, the things that we're still carrying, the things that's weighing us down, the things that's stopping us from doing what God has called for us to do because he knows that we can. But as long as we are carrying the load of unforgiveness, he cannot use us the way that he wants to use us. It is imperative that we go before him in surrender. Lord, I'm bringing with you this baggage of, of such. He wants to clean us up. And he wants to give us a heart alignment on today. He wants our heart, our mouths, and our actions to be aligned with who he is. He doesn't want us to be on straddling the fence. He wants us to choose. I choose forgiveness today, Father. I choose to pray a prayer of forgiveness over those who have sinned against me so that you can forgive me of my sins. You will not forgive me if I don't pray for someone else who sinned against me. Show me how to truly forgive, Father. Show me how to truly let this thing down. I come to you broken. I come to you ready to be taught. Are we praying for them or are we praying the vengeance prayer? Oh, well, you know, they did this to me. God's going to take care of them. God's going to take care of them. That's a vengeance prayer, saints. We can't go before God like that because we are expecting something bad to happen to that person. And when it does, what do we say? Mm-hmm, yep, yeah, I see. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. That's our hearts smiling on their falls smiling on their demise. Saints, that's not Christ-like. We've got to truly let that thing go. Are we saying, I've let it go, but we're pushing it under the rug? Saints, that's avoidance, and it's also fear. Those are not of God. God wants us to be bold. He wants us to have wisdom. He wants us to have discernment. He wants us to cry out to him for him to prepare our hearts and their hearts and the time when we all could come under one accord and be aligned with him and have a true conversation about things so that he can forgive all involved. I seldom tell, you know, certain people that sometimes we got to learn how to have hard conversations, hard conversations brings the result of forgiveness. When we're dealing with God, there are things that we have to deal with. There's no hiding. Unforgiveness stunts healing. God says, bring it all. Lay it down before me. I'm here. I can handle the load. Can you accept that God loves the offender? just as much as he loves you? Are you able to pray for those who hurt you? A humility prayer, a love prayer. Show us, God, how to truly be real for you. Show us, God, what and who and prepare our hearts to receive. When we know better, we do better, saints. We need to be more gracious with people, even more gracious with ourselves. If we're not there yet, say it's, say we're not there yet. It's okay. It's okay for us to go before the Lord and say, God, I'm struggling with this thing. He wants us to come real before him, raw before him. He is the true healer. He is the true mender. He puts the broken pieces back together. He is the true teacher. Think God is ready to bring a resolve to your situation and bring a resolve to unforgiveness. He wants to bring a resolve to true freedom. Let go. You don't need to carry this anymore. So I encourage you, the next time you go before the Lord and you say, God, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin before us. Think about what you're really, really saying. Are your actions aligned with your words? I pray that they are. If not, ask the Lord to teach you. Amen. Pastor Cyril?
0: Amen. Amen. One thing that, um, you know, God reminded me as Ms. Katina was saying, I met this guy named uh, Brian in Kershaw Correctional. right? And this guy has done something wrong, you know, and got 30 years of sentence, right? And by the time when I saw him, he had already finished a 20 or 25 years. And he had still like a five more years to go, something like that. But one thing that he was struggling with at that point is this. Even though he has already paid the dues to the, the state uh, punishment, even though uh, he has gone through all this, he was struggling and he was saying to me that is not able to forgive himself because he has, he has killed someone that uh, had two young children and those two young children lost their dad. And he said he's not able to forgive. Sometimes the things that we do, have done, sorry, uh, have done uh, you, you know is still going to come to the surface and and if you have gone to the Lord and asked for forgiveness, and if God has forgiven you, you don 't need to go back and pick that back up and put it on your shoulder because that's not what God wants to do to you, and so you want to leave it at the foot of the cross. Let God deal with it. Just like what Miss Katina said, we don't need to take those things back in our shoulders. But that's what the enemy wants to do. He still wants to put that cross back on our shoulder. And so this morning, as we go into the Lord's uh, um, prayer, like the supper, uh, and, and the communion, uh, as we pray, if there are areas in your life that you have left it at the foot of the Calvary, don't pick it up. Let God deal with it. Father God, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us, Father, anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any pride, secret pride, any unconfessed sin, any rebellion or unforgiveness, that may be hindering our relationship, our fellowship with you, Father. We know that we are your beloved children. Having received you into our hearts and lives and having accepted your death as a penalty for our sinfulness, we received that total forgiveness, Father God. The price you paid covers all sins or all times. And our desire, Father, is to live for you as you take this bread, representing your life that was broken for us. We remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who receive you. Thank you, Father, for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life, abundant life now, and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you. Let's take the bread. And in the same way, we take this cup, representing your blood, poured out from this lented cross. You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Today, we remember and celebrate the precious gift you gave us through the blood you spilled. Let's take the drink. Amen. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for this fellowship that you have already established, Father God, this relationship. God, I just pray that you will just like a bless each and every one of us this week as we go into this, Father God, that your name be glorified and honored in our life and through our life. God, I just pray for my brothers and sisters on this line. If there is anyone that has just brought the heaviness of their heart and that they are not able to forgive somebody or they are hurt by somebody, that the pain is so real. Father, I pray this morning as we, Father God, just come before your throne of grace. If there is anyone on this line that is just like a struggling to forgive somebody or the hurt that they cause is just so real for you, go ahead and put your hand on your heart. As the Bible says, the kingdom's righteousness flow through our hands. Let it flow through your heart, Father, I pray, as they are putting their hands on their heart, Father, God, that you will penetrate and speak to their heart right now and tell them, That you are in control, Father God, of this very situation that they are struggling with this morning. God, give a complete healing in their heart that they are forgiven and they are able to forgive those who sin against them. God, we send it this morning into your mighty hands to take the glory and honor. In Jesus' name I pray, Father, for your glory. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. The conference
0: Amen. has been unmuted.
1: Amen. 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 Praise God. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for Amen. your love, God. Oh, thank you, favor, God. God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for loving us so much, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Bless your name, God. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.
0: One thing I wanted to very quickly say before you leave is this. This week is very special in so many ways, but one thing that is even more special than anything that we talked about earlier in the call is that I had a chance to meet with a man named David Stewart Sr., and the reason why that, that meeting is so important for us is because this man of God left from Orlando, went to India, especially to my state and my city and this, the, the cities around the, 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 the city in my state. Um, and he opened from ground up 1,800 churches in 51 years. He gave his comfort to go there to open these churches in the midst of all the opposition. And you're talking about opposition that was so real, right? But for 51 years, he was there on that battleground. And what was so special is that, uh, you know, uh, we were able to go to his house and, uh, you know, get his blessings before we start this, this trade school that we are about to start. It was a moment of honor that we yes. wanted to give to this man okay. for what he did to my city and my state back home. Yes,
1: Lord. And
0: uh, also, we wanted the same strength that he had to battle the war that he was in so that the battle that we are about to face, that we are already in, can only won by the Father who is in heaven. And we need that anointing and the strength and the courage. And so that's what he was parting on my head as I bow down before him. And uh, I, I I felt that was so special, um, you know. Earlier this week, uh, when we landed in Orlando, he, we went to his house, um, you know, a little far away from Orlando. We talked to him, and he was so happy that whatever seed that he planted has actually grown and come back to this country to bless his country. You know, he was so um you know happy that how god waters and plants in different um you know uh periods in 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 history that actually repeats itself and has a complete glory and honor for his kingdom you know and so uh it was a great week uh it was like a being in a church for a whole week it was like a walking through the retreat center um, but uh, I'm, I'm so glad what God did to us uh, this week. And uh, next week is another journey as we go to Asheville. Uh, but in the meantime, have an amazing week. And we will talk to each other very, very soon.